This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. Thanks to Pine Cove Summer Camps for supporting Made For This. Pine Cove is a Christ-centered, life-changing investment in your child's future through a week of outdoor adventure and fun with a purpose. Check out pinecove.com. Use the code Jenny250 for $250 off a first-time overnight youth camp registration. And now, here's Jenny. Okay, you guys. This is something I've wanted to do for a while now. I've got Jamie Ivey on the podcast. Girl, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Jenny. This is fun. I know. It is fun. I'm switching the tables on you because you've had a (laughs) podcast a lot longer than me. And I've been on there a few times. And I'm really excited to have you on here. And, And I'm really excited about two books, one that is about to come out called Compliment. And I actually want to start there because I'm so excited about it. It is so needed. I love, I've known you and Aaron for a long time. I love your view on marriage. It's so similar to Zach and I. And so I know that's exciting to be doing a marriage book with your husband. It's so exciting. And it's also a little scary too, because marriage is, it's so sacred and so beautiful. And it's also so difficult and so hard. And so our heart behind this book is just like, hey, we don't have it figured out, but we just kind of want to do this together. Let's just kind of walk together with each other. And we want to talk about how God really does have a beautiful plan for marriage. And I think within our culture and sometimes within our churches, honestly, it gets a little distorted and confusing. And we just want to kind of go back to what's the beauty that God created in marriage. And so that's our hope for it. We're so excited for it as well. Well, and one of the things I love about it and why I will recommend it to everybody is we really both are so blessed to be people who get to submit to our husbands and they lead us and they both of them I know call the shots we've talked about mm-hmm. this but they release us I mean mm-hmm. they release us into the world to build God's kingdom and so I think it's just going to be so refreshing and encouraging to hear you know what y'all's relationship looks like in that context so The book we're going to talk about today and what we're doing in the series, Jamie, is we're talking about simple faith. We're talking about the chaos of of everything that's happening, but the peace that we can have within it Mm -hmm. if we just kind of do these simple things well. And so what we're going to talk about today is is the idea that we've all been given gifts and we Mm -hmm. all are made uniquely. And and this is what your last book was about that really is pretty recent. It just came out last fall. Is that right? Yes, October. Yeah. So it's still pretty recent. Talk about this message for you and where this came from? You know, this message of like, we've all been giving gifts. It feels so churchy. Like, okay, what is your spiritual gift? Remember when we were younger, we would take like the the test to find out what our spiritual gift was. But then I think now we get older and we go, what do I have to offer? You know, and social media plays a part, but it's not, this is not a new conversation, but you look around and you start to think everyone else is doing quote unquote big things. I don't really know where I fit in. And so I found a lot having, I found that I was having a lot of conversations with women who were either not thinking they had anything to offer the church, the kingdom, their community, their world, or they would look around and be like, okay, I think I have something, but I don't know if it's as good as what she has. And so she's better than me. So I, I saw this, and I'm sure you see it as well in in talking to women that you're ministering with as well, Jenny. And I just start thinking, man, what I don't want is I don't want myself or anyone to get to the end of their life and look back and go, I wasted so much time because I just wanted to be like somebody else. And I think we're losing that 
the beauty of how God created us uniquely and that we all matter to the kingdom. And I hate that women are struggling with this right now. And so the project really was just like, hey, let me just tell you that I want you to be you. God wants you to be you because he created you. And if God created you with your gifts and your passions and your talents, he surely wants to use them right where you are. So I know for you, this, I mean, I'm even thinking of moments in you and I's friendship where you were grappling with this and you mm-hmm. were trying to figure out, okay, what does this look like for me? Mm-hmm. Did this come from a personal place for you? 100%. I mean, I kind of, I always say I stumbled into this career that I have of podcasting and, and book writing. And I've always, you know, been ministering to people in the church. My husband's a pastor. I love Jesus. We love our local church since the moment I started following Jesus. I loved the local church of whatever I was in. But what I do now in this public ministry, it just kind of happened. I mean, it, it's a long story, but I didn't ever like set out to do this. And so for me, when I first started traveling and speaking and even writing books, is I would just think like, I don't know if I can do this. And I don't know why they invited me to be here. And my husband, Aaron, would often remind me, he's like, they invited you because they want you. And so I think a lot of times women start to feel like, I don't know how I got to this table, whether that is in your your local PTA, whether that is in a community organization that you run, or for me, whether that was on a, a public stage, I would go, I don't know how I got here. And I really had to lay down a lot of like reverse pride, you know, like, oh, I'm not worth this. I can't do this. And really trust, man, the reason I got invited is because they wanted me here. It wasn't like I accidentally got an invitation. And that was hard for me for a lot of years. And only by the grace of God can I now walk into a space, whether that's at my kid's school, whether that's an interview with someone and my podcast that I'm super, super duper nervous about and go, I can do this because God gifted me like this and I'm going to be faithful with it. Mm. We're talking this week about not being a victim and and using the things God's given us. The, you know, The purpose of that is that we don't get stuck, right? That we live out of God's plan for us, yeah. that we don't miss it because we're, we're stuck in victimhood. How does that perspective matter in this conversation? I think I think about a lot of my friends who have gone through hard seasons in life, myself included, but and there's this sense that we can think, man, I must be weak if this is hard for me, or there must be something wrong with me, or I must be the problem. And I think and we could switch that to say, like, man, how is God going to use this season for the kingdom. And so there's a lot of times that we get stuck where we're just like, well, I guess I'm just not going to be able to do that. I guess this is just who I am. Instead of looking and going, um, okay, God, how are you going to use this right now? You know, I think about like suffering and trials and, you know, man, we have a really good mutual friend. I think about her all the time of Catherine Wolf. And I just think, man, she has taken something that she could have easily just said, you know what? I'm out. I'm out of the race. I'm out of the kingdom fight. I'm out of everything because of a really crappy situation that I find myself in. And instead, she's like, no, I'm going to use this for the glory of God. I'm going to do everything I can with the life that I've been given. And I think about her often and just think she is such a a visible reminder to us women who are fighting uh, for the kingdom to be like moved into our areas is that just because we walk through trials and situations, it doesn't get us out of the race. Like we don't get disqualified. We don't get put out. You know, we still get to be in. And I... I want that because, Jenny, we don't know what's around the corner. Nobody does. And I want to be prepared for that, that no matter what happens, I want to still be in the fight. I think I just keep thinking about being in the fight. And I just, Mm. God, I don't want to not be in the fight because I think when we get out of the fight is when we kind of just give in. We're just like, well, it is what it is. And I don't want to be that way. Well, what you're talking about reminds me of 
of the book by Tim Keller called The Joy of Self-Forgetfulness or something. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, what we're saying is like, okay, if we can just think about what God has for us to do out here and go do it, we're not as worried about the fact if we're qualified or, you know, if we're, if we're made for it or not, it's like, no, this is what God has me to do and there's needs to be met. And, and what I love is, Jamie, I've seen that in you. You have such a fire for people, for the truth of God's word. You are out there, you know, doing it every single day and honestly, just such an encouragement to so many people. And so I love that you conquered whatever distraction, insecurity, or fear held you back and moved through that because I can't imagine, like so many times people ask me, you know, who are the who are your running buddies? Who do you look left and right? And you are so high on that list because mm. I just feel so kindred with you. And I feel like we are just kind of doing our thing, you know, and there's something really special about just other people that are slugging it out yeah. beside you. And we all need that. We need people to to speak this over us and to tell us, you know, to encourage us to, to tell us what it is we are good at. This is yeah, a communal yeah. project, right? Yeah. And I think when you look around, like even, you know, the relationship that you and I have, I think when you look around and you think, okay, who's in the fight with me? And I and listen, we are in a very like uh, fight driven culture right now where it's like, oh, it's us against them and this idea about this idea. But for me, it's like, who's in this fight for for lives, for the kingdom? And and you do that in your everyday life and in your in your big platform life and everything you do. And so it's fun when you find those people. And I think I want to encourage women that as well as how important like community is when you're do, when you're doing things together because uh you can't run this race alone. It, it it's actually it's too exhausting to run alone. And so I'm grateful when I think about the ministry that you've done and, and the friendship that we've built and the way that that we would both fight for the truth of the gospel in each other's lives and in our community, even though we don't live in the same city anymore, which is sad, but it is what it is. I know, but we don't, it's true. We don't feel alone. Okay. Now this is a big question I get a lot. I want you to talk to the people about the difference in big and small. You're not talking about everybody going out and, and writing a book or doing, you know, like Catherine Wolf, a major, you know, national yeah. ministry. What are you saying? What's the call to action? I think the call to action is to serve God with what you have right where you are. Uh, there's this, you know, misconception that we have to 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 go somewhere, and God may call some of you somewhere. I hope He does. Please follow Him and go. But there's also most of us are going to serve God right where we are in the mundane, right where He's planted us. And so, so many people can get caught up in thinking this isn't big enough, this isn't good enough, this must not matter. And God's actually saying, "I, I need you right where you are." And so, I I always tell the story. One time, Aaron and I went on a trip to Sedona, Arizona, as we were driving from Phoenix to up to Sedona, which have you and Zach been there? No. Oh, you should go. It's it's a great trip. It was a great getaway for us. So we drove from Phoenix up to Sedona. And as we're driving, we see all those ginormous cacti, you know, the cacti with the big arms and, and they're just yeah. huge yeah. and beautiful. And we were admiring them, lovely, all the things, you know, we don't see those here in Central Texas. And then we keep driving and the further we get up into Northern Arizona, the less we see. And we were with a tour guide looking around at some things, and he pointed that out, that we don't see those there anymore. And he said, does anyone know why? And I was like, no, but I would love to know. And he said, it's because they can't survive there. They were never meant to be there. So as beautiful Mm. as they are, they can't thrive in northern Arizona because they'll freeze and topple over and die. And I remember having a moment of, that is exactly what God is saying to so many people, myself included, is, Jamie, 
I have put you where you are because you're going to thrive there, because I need you there. And so, you know, I had moments when I was a stay-at-home mom, and I don't know if you had these moments at all, Jenny. I had these moments where I would think, is this it? Is this is this all my life is amounting to? And looking back, I think, yeah, that was it. And it was beautiful, and it was wonderful, and it was ministry to my four children. And my life looks different now. But I want women to quit looking at other women's lives and to look at their life and serve him with what they have right where they are. Well, and and what I know is, you know, there's work to do. And I know it's easy to get discouraged. And one reason I wanted to have Jamie on, and I'm so excited about this book, is it's really easy to just get fixated on the circumstances of our day, rather than to be change agents in our places. Like the, the vision for If Gathering, and Jamie, you've been a part of it beside me in that trench since mm-hmm. the beginning. And and the vision of If Gathering always was unleashing women in their places, in their neighborhoods, on their college campuses, in their workplaces, to make disciples who make disciples. The The vision was never like everybody go start a powerful, awesome nonprofit or big ministry. Mm-hmm. The, the life change, I've seen it over and over again happen in, you know, coffee shops and churches and local churches and yeah across, you know, living rooms and and small group Bible studies and serving in your youth group. And and I think that's what you want to hear, you know, and you want to say to women I know yeah. in this book. Yeah. And that was a huge passion for you was you're doing a good job and, and where you are matters. And it's just that not looking to the right and the left, right? Or or at least yeah, if we do look sure. to the right and left, not letting it derail us. For sure. And I think like, you know, everyone probably has an example. If you think back to your your journey with Jesus, like obviously there was a moment where for me in my particular case, someone was on a stage preaching at a conference and my my heart was stor- stirred, my affections, the Holy Spirit moved. I want to follow Jesus, right? That woman on stage, which really cool for full circle moment for me as I got to meet her years later. But anyhow, mm. on stage, so wonderful. But my growth with the Lord happened with people that if I said their names, you would not know them. They've never written books. They've never been on a podcast. They've never traveled the world and spoken at a conference. They just taught everyone that came through their doors in their church. And so I think most people's stories look like that. And so those people matter and everything matters. And I look at, you know, someone would easily look at Jenny and I and say like, okay, that's really easy because you actually have this quote unquote big thing. And I just want to pull back a minute and say, you know what? I was, I'm faithfully serving God now with where he put me. But when I taught fifth grade Sunday school for years at my church, I was as faithfully serving God then nothing's bigger, nothing's better. It just looks different. And so everyone needs to know that, that there's not, it's not like you and I are like, oh, well, this is how we serve is we write books and we do podcasts and we speak. Nope. We serve God where we are when he asks us to serve with the gifts that he's given us. And I taught fifth grade Sunday school for years, Jenny, and loved it. so excited that we get another chance to tell you guys about Pine Cove Summer Camps. About 10 years ago, I got the chance to be a summer camp counselor at Pine Cove at their high school camp. So when I tell you that it is a life-changing investment in your kid's future, I mean it. Not only is Pine Cove one of the most fun places on planet earth, but your child will hear the gospel and see it lived out all around them. I remember when I was there that some of the other college counselors and staff that I worked with were just some of the most amazing heroes of the faith that you could ask for to be with your child. Pine Cove offers a safe place of belonging, acceptance, community, adventure. Even if your kid is a little bit shy or has some personal fears that they need to overcome, 
they will feel accepted and have community and get this solid shared foundation of gospel truth. So what more could you ask for as a parent? We cannot wait for you to check out pinecove.com. Use the code Jenny250 for $250 off a first-time overnight youth camp registration. And Pine Cove awards over $1.5 million every year in financial assistance. So if you're interested in that, you can go and find their applications on their website. And now back to Jenny. Oh, I love what you're saying so much. And in fact, it just makes me a little teary because I feel like sometimes, Jamie, and let's just have a really candid conversation about Mm -hmm. this. Sometimes I wonder if we weren't more in our lane. And again, this is why I need the message too. doing the smaller. I I told Zach this Mm. year when we were doing our planning, I was like, I've got to always keep these girls that I'm discipling in real life and, and make sure we're serving at our church and all these things that, that really ground me selfishly. Mm -hmm. I just enjoy that so much, but also I just wonder if we're going to get to heaven and it's going to be like what really lasted and what really Mm. mattered. Now, that is not to dismiss. You and I both would not be making podcasts and doing the work we do if we didn't think it helped and encouraged people, right? right? And built the right. kingdom. Mm-hmm. I know that or I would have quit mm-hmm. by now. But yeah. I do think even I'm tempted to do the opposite. Like just, you know, to to kind of go, oh, I just, I, I believe in small. And look at what Jesus did, right? He always was kind of going back to the small. So maybe that's just to encourage all of you out there that, that, you know, I wonder, you know, I just, there's no doubt that Jesus loved the small. <laughs> there's not, there's right. no doubt about that. What, what I have to wonder and wrestle with is what did he think the the big was useful for, right? Mm. It, it's how do we use it today? And again, I haven't felt convicted yet to the point of shutting it all down, but. Well, um, <laughs> Jenny, and for, for what you do as well, I mean, the beautiful thing about If Gathering is I think that you do a great job of explaining this, and I'm sure you have to explain it often, is that. Your job is not to bring, you know, thousands of women together and entertain them for a weekend um, and then drop the ball. Like your your desire and your goal with IF has always been to equip, you said it already in this podcast, to equip women to disciple other women in their churches. And what I love about what you guys do is it's not just that one weekend. It's like not just an entertaining weekend. And I use that word entertaining loosely. You know what I mean? And then we'll see you next February like you're continually providing resources for discipleship throughout the whole entire year. And so you are totally equipping and unleashing a generation to disciple in their own churches. And I love it. Yeah. Well, so are you, friend. And I know from living in the same town with you too, that that's a huge heart of yours. And you've, you and Aaron are on the ground. I think about your Bible study of women mm-hmm. that your living room that you keep and yeah. how much you've loved that. And I know that's brought you a lot of joy as well. Yeah, a lot of joy. I mean, I always say that's really my favorite day of the week. We meet on Wednesday mornings because it is it, for people who do what we do, like um, you know, publicly. It that private stuff, like you're talking about, is really, really where the life is given for me. And it's and true. again, I'm like you. I wouldn't do it if I if I didn't think it was beneficial for the kingdom and that it didn't matter. And I'm just like I'm just walking in faithfulness to what God's done in my life. But those Wednesday mornings um, are really, really uh, fruitful for me and important. It's true. Oh, it's so true. And guys, what I want you to hear, and I know what Jamie wants you to hear, is you have some things that are useful for God yes. and don't be distracted by, you know, the million ways the enemy wants to shut us down. How have you seen the enemy in general currently with with COVID and quarantine and everything else shutting 
women down and discouraging them in the last oh, few months. Gosh, the last few months have just been so difficult for our entire world and country and state and community. And, you know, loneliness has been a really big thing. And and I appreciate the way you speak on this as well. And loneliness and, and fighting this battle in, on our own and being disconnected. And so I think that a lot of women have maybe felt like, well, I guess what I can bring to the table isn't useful now because we're not meeting. And the things that have brought me the most joy in the past months have been seeing people and churches and women and organizations pivot and find new ways to connect with their churches or their their leadership teams or their small groups or their ministries. And although it's not our favorite thing in the world to be meeting in some of the ways that we're meeting, but I really do love the people who have been intentional about, um, about still meeting and communicating and loving on people. And so it's even those type of ways, even like let's, let's dream, Jenny, to when we're out of COVID and things look back to quote unquote normal, whatever that might be. I really do hope that God is using some of this time in all of our lives to maybe draw out things that wouldn't have been drawn out without 2021, to draw out um, heart desires, to draw out um, affections, to draw out convictions that aside from what we all went through wouldn't have been there. And so my hope would be that it wouldn't just stop there, but then women would say, how do I continue to serve my church with what I have learned about myself? And so I think looking back, we're going to see... We're going to see goodness that God is bringing from the difficultness of this year for sure. I agree. I agree. I do think we're going to come out of this and everybody's going to be needed, Jamie, because, and I just think your book is so timely because we're going to come out of this and there are going to be lots of people that are just literally stuck, that are just emotionally, socially, spiritually stuck and they want to move forward, but it's like, you know, we'll get our freedoms back. And there's going to be a lot of people that are just so rattled and so shut down that they need the hope of the gospel. They need people beside them, encouraging them, fighting for them. So it is such an important part of the work that God wants to do in our generation that a lot of you, all of you really that follow Jesus, feel free to use your gifts and and know who you are and know how to do that. And, and know that you have something to offer to your neighbors, know that you have something to offer to your churches, to the workplaces that you find yourselves to your college campuses. I have loved the last few years watching so many women just obey God, just kind of do the next thing. And it's crazy the stories they have of God, you know, partnering with them and the Holy Spirit moving and God doing great things around them. Tell me a few stories. So the book's been out for a few months now. Have you heard some stories and feedback of how it's encouraged people? Yeah, I think one of the things is women really trusting that their voice matters. You know, we talk about using our voice and um, and how and how we have a voice that we can use. And I don't just mean our physical voice, like the, the how you hear my voice, um, but also being able to to stand up and speak about things. And again, in a culture that we live in that feels very divided and screaming and yelling, I don't even mean that. But I mean, what are the words that you're using in your community, with your household, with your children, in your job? And I think that people have started to realize, wow, what I am saying, the ministry I have right where I am, it actually does matter. It actually does mean something. That there's not this like table that you're waiting to be invited to so then you can be a part of ministry. But actually God's like, I the table is set. You're you're here. You're a child of mine. You're invited. You're at the table. Now let's do something with it. And so I think a lot of women are kind of waking up to going, hey, that is really, really, really important to me. And the second thing I see is this whole idea of 
blooming where you're planted. And I talked about the cactus earlier, and it kind of means that. But just really coming up, getting a hold of the idea that you can actually do exactly what God wants you to do where you are, that your ability to succeed, and we all want success, and we all want to be um, faithful in life, that your ability to do that is not determined by the number of people that you influence, but it's just determined by how well you steward the influence that you've been given. So a lot of people get confused with like, if there's not a lot of numbers, whether whether that be social media followers, people in front of me, you think, oh, I must not have that big of an influence. Really, your influence is how well you steward it with the people that are right in front of you. That's been one of my favorite things to hear is people waking up to the fact that they are an influencer right where they are. I love it. I love it. And I believe it is a contagious force for good. You guys, the bottom line is we believe in you and we believe in God in you Mm -hmm. and that that is how the world changes. It's not through massive movements or through politics working out just right, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, It's through individuals in their places loving their people and it's happened time and time again throughout history and I believe it is currently happening now I mean just the stories of women I know that are that are living that out so I would love to close with you speaking to Jamie just that person that is so shut down that they've been in COVID and they were insecure and discouraged before COVID ever hit them. But now it literally feels like they're paralyzed and they don't know how to dream. They don't know that God has gifted them. So would you just speak right to them and encourage them? Oh man, I want to say that I see you first of all. I understand. I know what it feels like. Um, And I want to encourage you to, to not, you know, go buy this book. I want to encourage you to get into God's word. And, and I don't mean that from like a Christianese churchy, okay, well, just read your Bible. But what I really do mean is that when you dive in and you see the way that God loves his people throughout the whole scriptures, his whole goal is seeking after his people to redeem them and bring them back to him. Like he loves you so much that he wants you to trust him with what he's been given. And so my encouragement with you, that if you're listening and you're feeling that way, is to really go back to the central part of God's love story for you and how He wants to work good things in your life, good things that He's already planned in your life. Before you were even born, conceived, thought of, He had already dreamed these things up for you. Um, And I also just want to say that you're not alone. Find community. Find a girlfriend that you can talk to over Zoom or over coffee, whatever that looks like, and find someone that you can be honest and real with, and you can, to the both of you, point each other back to the gospel time and time and time and time again. Thank you guys for listening to the Made for This podcast today. Before you turn off your podcast app, I want to make sure that you know about a couple things that Jamie and her husband Aaron have been up to lately. Funny story, I used to babysit for the Ivies like, I don't even know, 15 years ago. And they have one of the coolest, best marriages out there. So when I heard that they were coming out with a new marriage book called Compliment on March 2nd, I jumped for joy because you guys, if anybody could give us some wisdom on marriage, it's Jamie and Aaron. So you can find Compliment anywhere books are sold. And if you want to hear even more from Jamie, she just released a new Jamie Ivy talk show on YouTube. So you can find that on her YouTube channel. And as always, like many of you probably listen to, go check her out on the Happy Hour podcast with Jamie Ivy. See you guys next time. Bye.